Hello, hello, and welcome to Lion's Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. How are you doing? How is everybody? Happy Pride Month. Happy, happy Pride Month. I hope that it's feeling good for all of you. But, you know, I've also noticed just working this week and also like feeling into my own human self, there's something tender about pride. And I think there always has been something kind of triggering and tender about Pride Weekend or, you know, celebrating pride and all of this stuff. And I guess for anyone out there who's feeling that, I just want you to know that you're not alone and we're all feeling it. Um, You know, things feel vulnerable right now. Things don't feel as safe as I think we thought we felt, you know? Um... And I know that also a lot of people are just trying to figure things out, trying to figure themselves out, trying to figure out what's going on with them (laughs) and their sexuality and their gender identity and their queerness. And I completely understand. And so the episodes, you know, that I want to make for Pride Month and of course just all the time are to support all of you out there to help you... Find something that you resonate with. Find something that you can connect with, you know? And so today's episode um, in that regard is definitely a vulnerable one. Maybe my most vulnerable episode yet. I will be honest, this is my most heavily edited episode. Like I, I almost wanted to do one more go through but we're going to leave it as it is. We're going to trust that everything is there is what is meant to be shared. Um, but the funny thing, the reason why it's so heavily edited is that I decided to ask um, one of my best friends who's been a guest on this show, Alexis Sacalario, to interview me on my coming out story so that she could kind of help me tell the story without letting me get lost in it because that's, I feel like, what I would do if I were to try to make a solo episode to walk you guys through it because it's a pretty complex story and it's very personal. (laughs) Like, as I'm editing this show, I'm like, first of all, this is such a personal, vulnerable story to tell that not everybody knows. Alexis learned so much about me in this conversation. And also, while Alexis and I were recording, I think there were a lot of moments where I forgot that we were recording a show for the public to listen to. And I was just kind of like talking to my best friend and sharing way too many details. So I was <laughs> like editing just like, hmm, okay, this is, this is interesting to just listen into the way that you just open up to your best friends. And so, you know, my intention for this episode is to just share in hopes that maybe some part of my story you resonate with. Some part of it helps open up some new understanding in you. Some nugget of wisdom in here that comes through, helps you understand something. Or maybe you're not queer at all and you don't resonate with my story at all, but you can 
maybe work on like your allyship a little bit like Alexis was and just like understanding a little bit more about what we go through and what we experience and you know pride month is still about you and this is something that I would preach a lot more back in my activist days but you know we wouldn't be anywhere without our allies if people didn't stand up and say like yo yo this is wrong that we're like in positions of power as in like cisgender heteronormative people um we wouldn't really have very much freedom like we need allies and so i also guess i just felt like saying that (laughs) the allies also belong in our space everybody belongs in our space that's what the community is about is that everybody belongs here everybody deserves to be here everybody gets to sit with us so maybe there's some part of my story that you will resonate with and that yeah but if you you know if don't if you're like no jane i don't want to hear you talk about your life for an hour skip this one you know go listen to something else especially because here's the catch this show is very long because it's a very long story and again I still feel a little anxious and nervous and a little bit of butterflies about putting this out but there's going to be a part two you get a 45 minute first bite of the conversation and then I will get you guys the rest of it next week (laughs) maybe there's a little bit of build there you know (laughs) in the story But uh, yeah, it's a long story, and it took a lot to uh, get through all of it, and I think you guys are going to enjoy it. I hope. I hope so. So before I let you get into the story, into today's episode, first, I have just got to talk to you about the workshop that I'm hosting this Friday, this Friday, June 17th at 5.15 p.m. Mountain Time. Okay, so that's 4.15 Pacific Standard Time, and that's 7.15 if you're on the East Coast. So it's called Divine, and it's a workshop on understanding the divine blend between masculine and feminine energies. So I know that a lot of people out there are talking about this right now. You're probably seeing a lot of it on social media, but how much do you really know about it? How much embodiment work have you really done on it? And this has been such a part of my path because actually I think that for queer people, it's so much of our journey is figuring out that that masculine and that feminine energy. And it's not just about queerness. It's about the divine spiritual beings that we are and about being a more whole and divine being. And so by, you know, healing the inner wounded feminine, the emotionally chaotic, dramatic, and manipulative, you know, wounded person that lives inside of all of us. Healing the inner masculine, masculine, the wounded masculine, you know, the one that is guarded, the one that shuts down, the one that's apathetic and angry and and can't hold space for, the feminine that creates that pull that creates polarity in their relationships, you know? It's not about man or woman. It's about what energetic am I living in right now? And how can I smoothly move between the two and feel this harmonic blend in my life? 
And how can I let that show up in my relationships where I'm seeing, oh, she's so in her feminine right now. How can I hold a strong masculine space for her? Or feeling into that energy of, oh, wow, he is so deep in his feminine right now. I'm going to allow that and hold space for him. How can we nurture the masculine? How can we access it for good? The divine masculine, the divine feminine. So if this is something you want to work on, if this is something that you feel like you and your partner want to work on, again, it doesn't matter what type of relationship you're in, what your genders are, none of that matters in this conversation. And there's honestly, I think, too many cis hetero folks out there teaching this that don't really have a queer perspective on it. And I think that's why I love talking about this so much and why it comes so easily for me because I had to learn to step into my masculine when I came out. I had to learn how to hold space for the feminine. I I had to learn to be in those relationships. And then, of course, I had to be in my divine feminine as well because two wounded feminines create so much chaos. And two wounded masculines create like a home of cold emptiness. So uh, I have so much to say about this. I have so much to say about this. So on Friday night, we're all getting together on Zoom. It's a transmission. It's going to be about one hour. And then, of course, I'll leave the last 30 minutes for you guys to ask me specific questions about what you're dealing with, what you're trying to figure out. Um, You know, you could get more direct coaching from me in that point. And, um, yeah, this is super affordable. Also, it's only $33. So it's like, you've got nothing to lose. If you're out of town or you're busy Friday night or the time zone doesn't work for you, I would suggest signing up anyways. I'm definitely not planning on teaching this again anytime soon. You can sign up now at the price that it's at and get the replay in your inbox. And then after that, I'll probably raise the price and put it on my website. And then it will be there for forever for anyone else who needs to go get that wisdom. So you might as well get it now if you're interested. I'm just so excited to like channel all of this for for y'all and to share all of this and, and make sure that we're all feeling really clear, especially in a way, again, of celebrating this month, celebrating pride and me reminding all of you, opening the gates that we all get to explore, that you're not outside of our community. We all get to explore those divine aspects within ourselves. So this class, we're going to be tuning into that energy. We're going to be really working on embodying it. I want you to leave the class feeling like you have more of an embodiment of these two energies, okay? No matter who you are, no matter how you identify, I cannot wait to see you there. I will, I will leave the sign up in the show notes here so that you can go check it out. And okay, I guess it's time for me to just like open up my heart and put it on my sleeve and just to tell you guys all of the deepest, most vulnerable times of my life of, of coming out and going through this experience. And okay, here's the last thing I'm going to say. I used way too many full names in this episode. So I have bleeped out every full name and I hope you enjoy it and I hope you think it's as funny as I think it is. Okay, I love you guys so much. I'll see you on the other side.
invited Alexis onto the show today to um, actually interview me. Yep. Which feels like a really weird request, but as I was telling you um, yesterday or whenever I called you to do this, um, since I started blogging, since I started Instagramming, like since I started creating content, I've always wanted to tell my coming out story. Yep. And I never have. Like I have such a huge audience and um, all these people that I love that like I just never told this story and I was like I'll do it I'll do it for for pride you know and then I just started thinking you're gonna sit down with your mic and you're gonna just go on for hours trying to tell a story that probably is simpler than like what it would be if I just was by myself trying to like tell the story yeah you know so I was like maybe if like one of my good friends like wanted to like, what if I could get interviewed on it? Because I've been interviewed on so many other podcasts. Yeah. Where the interviewer, like, whether the podcast is spiritual or whether it's a queer podcast or whether it's a mental health podcast, they have a different angle. But you're one of my best, oldest friends. And I thought that the interesting thing, A, you've been on my show before. You want to you wanna go into the broadcast journalism <laughs> in this <Hi>. little secret <laughs> life. My secret job. Which is what I call podcasting. Yeah. And um, and you weren't, not that you weren't around because you've always been around. You've always been there for me 100%. But we've never really lived in the same state since we graduated high school. Yeah, not really. And so it's not like you were there all the time while I was going through. Or like a year or two here and there, but really, really doing our own thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not like we've even really ever, ta- like, I don't even, I don't even know when I told you. I don't even know, you know, I don't even remember coming out to you. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I'm going to ask remember. Alexis to interview me, to start Pride, to start my little June series. And I think it'll be good because you'll be able to guide the conversation in yeah. a way that's... Interesting. And I'm honored, like so honored to be chosen as somebody that is an ally, but not LGBTQ plus at all. But I also, I'm excited to have this conversation with you because we haven't really had it in depth. Mm -hmm. I barely remember you coming out to me. It was almost a like gradual. Was I drunk? I think you were drunk. (laughs) I think we were at like a bar. And just like, oh, I kind of, me and Michael broke up. I don't know if you know. And Mm -hmm. I've been kind of dating a girl. And I was like, oh, sounds good. And Mm -hmm. just just happy for you and experimenting and exploring. And who knows where it was going to lead. And I I always let others define themselves. But I also Mm -hmm. am happy to be here and be interviewing you because... As somebody that's not LGBTQ plus, I don't, I have this third party angle where I might mm-hmm. ask some maybe dumb questions or, <laughs> you know, something yeah. that, uh, so I think that that makes for a great interviewer in, a yeah, a yeah. straight perspective where I may ask some questions that who knows where it's going to go. And yeah. so, uh, but I, I'm, I'm like really excited. To I'm excited. You're like making me nervous. Maybe I'm just really excited though. No, I Because I haven't just, really told this story, like, you know, it's... Through and through. Yeah, like, this is a... And and this may... We may be here for a little bit. This may turn into a part one and a part two. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just saying, like... Yeah. We're, we're open to see totally. how... What, where this goes. Totally. 
I am very excited. So I guess let's really start from the beginning. <laughs> okay, when really the beginning. did you start thinking to yourself, I might have a crush on a girl or I might want to kiss somebody? Because I've, I've gone through periods where I'm like, ooh, boys, like, you know, like kind of scared of boys and, you know, my teenage years <laughs> yeah. or something, not really knowing. And then you're like, wait, do I like girls? And I was like, I never in my life don't think I've ever imagined enjoying kissing a girl. And so like it just never, I never dreamed about it, nothing. Mm -hmm. But I'm sure there was like, what were the types of thoughts you were having when it was beginning and what age? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. So it's funny because if you asked me this question a couple years ago, I would probably have a different answer. But like the older I've gotten, and I wonder if other like queer people relate to this, the more I remember that, like, when I was, like, five or six, yeah. I, wow. I, I wasn't aware that I was gay, right? I was aware that, like, I really liked touching girls and, like, cuddling girls and that like, girls didn't like that. Like, I remember that. Like, I remember at gymnastics and at, like, sleepovers and very quickly learning, like, oh, like, they, that's, like, not okay, you know? And, and, and so as I've done more work on myself, I've kind of had some of those memories come up. But um, the first time that I, like, consciously realized I was having a crush on a girl. This is so funny. I haven't told you this story. I do know one. Oh, my God. You already know. I don't yes. I know. I'm like, her. I don't know if I need her name in it. But, uh, yeah, so in middle school in seventh grade, um, gosh, seventh grade, we all merged. And it was two junior highs merging into one junior yeah. high. There was this new friend that I made, and a lot of my friends were soccer players. Mm -hmm. And so I made friends with their friends, more soccer players. And yeah. this girl I had a lot of classes with was just the cutest soccer player. Yeah. And I just started real. And I remember one of my friends was like, Oh, did you meet her? And I was like, Yeah, I have a lot of classes with her. And it was Sage. And Sage was like, She's cute, huh? And I was like, No. Like, I just remember, like, my heart pounding and, like, feeling really? like, yeah, feeling like Sage was like, like, embarrassed. you like her, don't you? Yeah, as if, like, I had been, and you know Sage, I thought she was on to me. <laughs> yeah, because Sage, like, knows more about you than you know about yourself. Sage is, like, observing everybody microscopically. And I got, I just, oh, like, I will never forget that feeling. And then, um, yeah, and I had all these classes with her, and I just thought she was cute. Like, to this day, I think of her and, like, wonder how she's doing, you yeah. know, all of those things, because I really did, like, have such a big crush on her, and we started getting closer, and <laughs> this is just, oh, it's so funny, we had math class together, and that's where we really bonded, because we didn't like math, yeah, and, um, god, and I'll never forget this kid, I'm gonna, like, blank people's names, I'm gonna go in and edit it, so I can use them with you, but was also in that class <laughs> and he would always be calling people queers and fags and gay. really oh, he was such a bully he was honestly such a bully. back then too mm -hmm. we would throw around mm -hmm. like you're a fag mm -hmm. and like really vulgar yeah oh, words yeah. that just would not fly anymore and that shows how much progress has been made and I'm grateful for oh, that yeah. yeah yeah and it's crazy like I don't know why I always think back on this specific math class like was such a hard time for me like that kid was a part of it and then this girl that I really liked and one day she was like we had like free time to do homework and she was like Jane I have to tell you a story and I 
was like, okay, she was like, I, I, I have this boyfriend. And I was like, oh, okay. And she was like, I, and we like, were like sitting in this chair together, like in the corner of the room. And she was like telling me about how she like made out with him all weekend. <laughs> and I just literally like, you it's were, like, so, I, I hated her. Like, it wasn't sad. Huh. It was, and that's what's so confusing about, like, growing up being gay, is that, like, your friends want to, whereas, like, another friend, like, Ashley could be like, I made out with that guy, and I'd be like, ooh, how was it? I didn't care. Yeah. I maybe thought. It felt different. I, I always was thinking, like, why do my friends, like, love hooking up with guys, and that's the last fucking thing I want to do? But then you were also not super guy crazy, so that made me feel better. So thank like, you for that. shy and awkward. Yeah. With guys, not with my girlfriends, but mm-hmm. with, with boys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So funny. So, yeah, she told me that story, and I just started hating her. And it was so confusing, but I was, like, so mad at her because, yeah. like, I liked her, and she liked this other guy and was, like, Right? If we were straight, if she had been a boy, it would have made perfect sense why I was upset. And after that, I literally, like, stopped talking to her. (laughs) And I feel really bad. That's so interesting. But sometimes you have that defense mechanism Mm -hmm. to, like, avoid or shut Mm -hmm. down. Yeah. And that's, like, that, right, like, something like that right there shows how easy it is to, like, we were in seventh grade, right? Like, this is the beginning of all of us starting to want to date and have these feelings, right? Yeah. And I was just like, oh, we're shutting this down so fast. And, like, something about that classroom, like, the energy and, like, the bullies that were in that class, like, and just the struggle I was having to pass math class. I'll never forget it. And just, like, suppressing, suppressing, like, you don't have feelings for her. You need to put them super far away and find some boys to have feelings for. Yeah. And that's what I did. And and you did find feelings for those boys. Before I get to that, I do want to ask the difference between, because we were good friends, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I, I venture to say you might have not ever had a crush on me. So I appreciate you assuming that. <laughs> I'm assuming it. but In the kindest way. But did, which, and if you did that's fine but I don't I don't think you did but I I guess for me it's hard when you have those like close girlfriends and I I mean it's the same as like how I have close guy friends Mm -hmm. that I don't Mm want to date but maybe what was was there a type that you went after or like (laughs) how does that work that's funny well it's interesting at that age I feel like I want to touch on a little bit of what you brought up because That was my biggest fear, is that if you guys found out that I had a crush on just that one girl, who's like a tomboy, tomboy. soccer star, so cute, right? Yeah. Which I would, looking back, it's like you guys would have gotten it, like Jada's a type. But my biggest fear is that, you know, you guys would be like, we have sleepovers together, like we go skinny dipping together, like we change in front of each other. Well, honestly, back then, we probably would have been. Like yeah. that. I think yeah. today, yeah. kids are growing up with like, oh, my friend's parents are gay and that's mm-hmm. normal. They have mm-hmm. two moms. Yeah. That's normal. Yeah. Or and not everyone's sexualizing each other anymore. No, I think it's so much better. But back then it was. Yeah. And I... I, I and I can't pretend I would have been like, oh, yeah, like, right. that's normal. Especially like in the crowd we were, like, we were cheerleaders. Like, we were in a very yeah. girly, girly crowd. And girls conservative from conservative families. Very 
very conservative. Yeah. And I wasn't from a conservative family. And me either. But uh, I'm from a, like, traditional family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But even back then, yeah. my family... You guys were still kind of on the outs because you were Greek. Like, Yeah. We still weren't on the inside. Yeah, they're liberal and progressive for Utah, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, right, but, but, but relatively still, conservative. But relatively traditional. Yeah, traditional. In that sense, mm-hmm. yep. I, I've been really missing my prep phase where I wore, like, sweater vests every day and, like, my Sperry top setters. Like, sometimes I look back on, like, the style evolution I had. Oh, you had the best style. I had some good, You were my style icons. <laughs> I appreciate that. I really do. As it, I wish that I could find that. I'm hoping I discover that part of myself again. I feel like being a yoga teacher for so many years almost robbed me of that. Mm-hmm. I was buying up, spending all my money on like Lululemon and shit. And, <laughs> and now I'm like, okay, you're not in a yoga studio every day. Like this summer, I'm like, you got to get back into your amazing wardrobe. I loved fashion. And, um, and yeah, and I was such a girly girl. Always had lipstick, always had hair done that like, I also didn't identify with any of the, like, gay yeah. stereotypes I was seeing, even as, like, a girl in a rock band that I eventually became, still was the girl in a rock band with, like, every guy I played with wanted to date me. Like, I was still, like, always yeah. getting attention from men, always, like, so many, the amount of kisses I dodged in high school, it's sad. No, yeah, we can go into that. So then, know, like, like we're getting into high school, like, throughout the teenage years. Mm-hmm. And you did date a lot of boys. I did. And I guess, were there any moments where you felt like you were suppressing feelings? This is so funny. Like, specific stories? You, you make me think about, like, my first kiss with my first boyfriend, which was, like, really great. Do you remember... This is so funny. I'm going to, like, find, like, some beeping noise to cover everyone's What's name. his last name? He he transferred from Park City. Oh. Everyone had a big crush on him. Yeah. He asked me out super quick. Yeah. Asked me to be his girlfriend. We dated for like a solid month. He was my first kiss. We were sixteen. Yeah. And then at the end of the month, he broke up with me at the, on the the foothill church that I pass every day driving to my parents' house. Oh my goodness. And he broke up with me, and then he like transferred schools. Like, weeks later. Yeah. And no one ever heard from him again. So that was weird. Anyways, I really liked him. He was really, really sweet, really cute. He played guitar, all that good stuff. But when he wanted to make out with me, I felt weird. Like, I just remember being like, he's so cute. He just played guitar for me. We're, We're, like, at his house alone. Like, he was a good Mormon boy, so I knew he wasn't ever gonna, like, push it too far. Mm-hmm. But, like, I remember, like, some tongue coming in and just, uh, no, like, just, like, my whole body just being, like, mm, wow, why aren't I enjoying this? And being really confused because, like, all my other friends were, like, trying not to get into trouble with boys, you know? And, like, yeah. and here I am, like, no, like, let's get into it. And I'm, like, not into it. And then, and then, of course, he breaks up with me. And I'm like, I couldn't have cared less. I was like, now I can go back to hanging out with my girlfriends. Like, yeah. sayonara. The, the one guy that I still think about, which you're going to think is crazy, is... I remember him. He... You guys were a cute couple. I adored him. 
Yeah. And like sometimes I, I'm pretty sure he's married now and living in Oregon. We still hung out in college because we both went to Oregon. Sometimes I want to reach out to him and be like, you were literally the only man in, in high school that like made me feel something for men. Honestly. Got it. Like he and I, we dated for a little while. I never wanted to kiss any guys except for one. And his name was and he was so sexy to me. I don't know why. Yeah. But he had like such a manly body. Like yeah, he was he really strong. He was a football player. He was a really good kisser. And he was really respectful. And he wasn't OBS. I could hang out at his house. Yeah. We would we would hook up here and there. And I like loved it. And it's funny, sometimes I just still think about him. Like he was literally the only guy in high school that ever turned me on. In high school. There's still guys that turn you on. There was. <laughs> true. And they That's may true. still in the future. I don't mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. So talk to me. Of course, I have heard about there's a spectrum mm-hmm. and there's bisexual and there's all these different um, ways that people express their sexuality. And But explain to me your journey or how you define yourself in the way that mm-hmm. you look for a partner. Yeah male or female, mm-hmm. or how it evolved. Yeah. Yeah, because you're you're definitely alluding to the... I did fall in love when I was 18, and I spent four years with that guy. And after that, and I guess that's kind of where the coming out story begins. Um, but for me, it's it's funny. I was thinking about this yesterday, because now that I am leaving a relationship... Mm -hmm. I'm realizing that before this relationship, I didn't really like identifying as a lesbian because Mm -hmm. I felt like that word had such a heavy connotation. And I felt like it told you, Jane, you can only ever be with women for the rest of your life. Yeah, you felt boxed in. I think that's why people have a hard time with these labels. Like for me... I even have a hard time with it because I don't want you to ever feel that way or like my friend's... Who have come out like it doesn't yeah. mean you you can still like if fall you see me at the with... bar flirting with a man and then you're just like Jane what a fraud yeah you know like and that you shouldn't feel that way either mm-hmm. exactly and that's something I struggled with so much when I was coming out because I was in love with this man and I had also fallen in love with a couple of women during our relationship yeah and it was really really confusing and then I thought maybe I'm polyamorous and then that didn't I have really accepted, and and so back to the beginning, I was thinking about how I've identified as a lesbian for so long because I've been in a lesbian relationship for so long. Yeah. But as I'm exiting that relationship, I'm remembering, like, all of us are so much more fluid than we allow ourselves to be. Sure. I, (laughs) I had this girlfriend who was what we would call a gold star lesbian, which is a term that I hate, which luckily we've stopped using, but it means you've never been with a man. Got and there's it. lots of girls like that, right? It is a spectrum. And we're like, no, I've never been with a man. I've never wanted to. It will never happen. Sure. And so I had a girlfriend who was like that, and she was very insecure with the fact that I wasn't, and that I had been with men. Okay. And so she really needed me to give her, like, a, a percentage. And this is where... I think we get too nitpicky with our queer people. Sure. When we don't let them be fluid enough. 
she wanted like not like ten out of nine out of ten times are you gonna be with a girl? Wow. And I and then in this relationship, I really liked her. I wanted to know I was into her, and that's what was so frustrating. Is is and this is how I can speak for pansexuals, bisexuals, all of these people. It's like I'm with you. Yeah. It I fell in love matter. with you as a person. Yeah, it's like I'm in love with you. Why does my history matter? When I was coming out, I felt like so much of having to like prove who I am. Mm-hmm. And it's like I wouldn't put myself through this if I weren't like sure that I'm gay. And that's why just saying gay and queer felt so comfortable for me because especially the word queer it allows for my gender expression to be fluid. It allows for my sexual expression to be fluid. If I want to dress super masculine one day, I can. Mm-hmm. If I want to dress super femme the next day, I can. If I want to flirt with a guy one day, I can. Why can you do that? That's just what the definition of queer is. Like, can you explain queer? That? Yeah. So the you know LGBTQIA plus right that all yeah. those letters. I'm over it, man. I just want to get rid of all of them and make it a big Q for queer. Got it. Like, I just think we just need... Because it's an encompassing word. Mm-hmm. An umbrella. And then we don't need to worry so much about what is my gender identity? What is yeah. my sexual Am expression? I Am I an Am I an A? Yeah. And I just think... And of course... Finding labels helps people. And I think from, like, a lot of us ride labels, right? Like, I was pansexual for quite a long time. Yeah. I definitely still think I'm very pansexual, which to, to the difference between like pansexual and bisexual, and I understand that bisexuals may disagree with me, but this is why I would never identify as bisexual, is that bisexual inherently connotates a binary. Yeah. So I like two boys and I like girls. Yep. A pansexual, like another reason I knew that I was pretty gay growing up is that I always... I, I it's kind of embarrassing, but I found this YouTube playlist from college of like trans YouTubers that I was following who would like vlog really? their transitions, and I had mad crushes on them. Oh my gosh! Like boys and girls transitioning, and I watched these people, and I just like I fell in love with them, and that's where I felt more identified as pan is that I've dated non-binary people. I've, I've never dated a trans person, but I feel so much attraction to them. That's so interesting. Yeah, whereas lesbian, even, really infers, I just like other lesbians. Yeah. Where that's not true. I haven't only dated lesbians. I've dated lots of different kinds of people. And so that's where, like, you know, we need to, we can back off of the labels a little bit. And yeah. As I'm exiting this relationship, I'm like, you know, I always talk to my students about, the blossom, the the lotus blossom of the third eye blooming open to all possibilities. Yep. And not just zoot, like, when you ask me my type, like, tan, cute, sporty, it's like, no, Jane, don't just date that type of person. Let's, let's try to zoom out a little bit. Yeah. Because I've been... I always get surprised with who <laughs> I find myself attracted to. Yeah, right? I become surprised. Yeah, yeah. You, it, it's really an energy. Mm-hmm. Like, you think it's a type or a look. Mm-hmm. And yeah, sometimes you do gravitate towards that, but I, I get surprised mm-hmm. every year. Yeah, and that's kind of the yeah. fun of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't, you can't knock it till you try it, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, thank you for helping explain that because seriously I'm not super in tune with this world and so this is so interesting and fun for me so the coming out part
part. Yes. Let's get to that. The coming out part. So can, do you have a moment? Was there a catalyst? I mean, it's obviously built up over the years. Mm-hmm. I know you were with a guy for four years. Mm-hmm. So maybe describe what it was like being in that relationship, but maybe feeling some feelings sometimes. And then what was the build up to You are like so up? good at this. It's like you know exactly what I went through. I mean, you are you are my best friend. So. Yeah, but I wasn't there for yeah. a lot of this. So you just well, kind of mentioned it to me thing. at the bar. So yeah, I don't know like, what you were feeling. Yeah. I just, I didn't want to ask too many questions. Just like, okay, that's who she is right now. And we're always going to be supportive. And that's but. probably why I don't even remember coming out to you. Because it was so low impact. That you were yes. very like, okay, cool. Wonderful. Yeah. And so much of my coming out was at the bars. I drank through my coming out. And I just want to say that for anyone else because, I don't know, I think people don't expect that about me because I know that I'm not a big drinker, but I drank through that. Um, so, yeah, let's 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 flash back to little 18-year-old Jane moving out yeah. of the cove on Mount Olympus yeah. into southern Oregon in the dorms, co-ed dorms. Um, whew, just the culture shock, right? Yeah. Oregon is a very Oregon, starkly different super state than liberal, Utah. Yes, sexual liber- liberation, feminism, queer liberation, non-binary. Like yeah. everybody there is fluid. Everybody there is having sex. Everybody there was cheating on each other. Like it was yeah. wild. And there I am, like a virgin from Salt Lake, who like just fell in love with a man like a couple of months before I left for college. Yeah. And he and I weren't committed or anything, but I was still thinking about him. And arriving in this hedonistic college town, I was kind of latching onto him a little bit because yeah, I actually, one of my first friends I met there, this was one of the examples of my culture shock. We were walking to one of our classes and she was like, Corinne is such a prude. And I was like, why is Corinne such a prude? She was like, she told me that she doesn't give her boyfriend blowjobs in public and that she'll only do it in the privacy of their own home. And I was like, <laughs> that's hilarious. I probably just like, st- just stood there stunned. And she like looked at me and was like, what, you don't get blowjobs in public either. And I probably had never given a blowjob at, at that this point. Time. Mm-hmm. And was just like, um, like I, oh my gosh, it's like all coming back to me now. And she's kept looking at me and she realizes, have you had sex? And I was like, no. And she just goes, oh, no, Jane, that is not going to work. And I literally in my head went, she's fucking right. I'm a freshman in college. I have to go fucking have sex. And I, like, went home for break and had sex with the guy at home. And, like, we we locked in our relationship. And there started my long-distance relationship. Yeah. I go back to school and start the class that changed my life, Women's and Gender Studies 101. I'll never forget the amazing teacher that I had in that class, Julia Bacon. And I start learning about feminism, intersectional feminism, gender studies, yeah. queer life. Like, just so, I learn about the spectrum. So this is an elective class that you chose to take. It's a general that most people a in general. Oregon take. Oh, like, interesting. everyone takes it just because it's it's trendy. Like, everyone's like, oh, you got to take WGS 101. Everyone does And it. you weren't thinking, oh, I... I want to learn about this because no. I have, I'm curious right oh, now. Oh, no, not at all. Okay. And I, I even remember on the first day she asked us to explore what feminism meant to us. And I literally went, I wrote in my notebook, like, I know that my 
grandma and my great grandma are like abolitionist feminists. Now I've grown up and I know they were like hardcore women's rights feminists. Yeah. But even back then I didn't, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I was literally being introduced to like what I would call Oregonian like liberal culture. I went to a liberal arts college. So that class started opening me up and I sat next to a really cute girl who was like explaining to me that she was pansexual and what that meant. I told her like I never thought about the fact that I could not be straight. Yeah. Because I had suppressed it all so much, yeah. right? Right? Like yeah, you I had, had these friends. you had these moments, but yeah. it just had never fully come mm-hmm. to your conscious that like oh that gosh. could be you. Yeah. We 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 did oh, we did skip a little bit over senior year when I fell in love with oh <laughs> oh no see this is why I need someone else here with me Janie in high school started hanging out with this group of people and you and her were such good friends but that makes so much sense yeah. I could totally see looking back and in hindsight how you had a crush on her so in love so yeah when the rumor about me trying to kiss someone else's boyfriend erupted at the end of sophomore year I kind of lost a lot of friends which is funny because those people are all still my best friends yeah you get over it you move on from those things but it was good for me because I needed to find my own people I needed to find people that weren't LDS I wanted to find people that I could have fun with I found people who partied this girl who was Tumblr famous in high school started posting my music to her Tumblr. And then word got back to me. This, do you know this girl? She's famous on Tumblr and she's been posting your music. And I was like, no, I don't know her. And they're like, she goes to the school. I'm like, who's this girl? And so I start looking for her and I finally find her and I meet her and I'm literally like, you're the coolest fucking girl I've ever met in my life. Like, she immediately invited me over to her house one night. We ate popsicles, and I literally was just like, oh, shit, I'm in love with this girl. Spent all year with her every waking second, and then at the end of the year, she started dating one of our best guy friends. Mm-hmm. <sighs> this story was so sad for me in high school because she started dating him, and then it was like three of us were hanging out all of the time, and he and I were homies. Friends. Who was he? Sorry, just because I um, these people. Mm-hmm. And I hated him because he took my girl. He took her away from me. <laughs> Story of my life. This 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 will repeat. So did itself. you remember thinking I have a crush on her, like consciously? I remember. Or it wanting, wasn't until Oregon. I remember wanting to be around her twenty four seven, and some nights having like talks with her that like, I I felt confused. You know, yeah. like I don't feel this way about Alexis. You know, I don't feel this way about Ashley. Like I don't feel this way about other girls. Like. I don't want her to leave. Like, if you guys were like, well, I have to go, bye. I'd be like, bye. And then she'd be like, oh, my mom's calling. I have to go. I'd be like, no, I can go. You know, like, you can feel such a difference. Yeah. And so, end of senior year, I'm already set off to go to Oregon. I've got all my plans to move away. We've got our Cambodia trip planned. Yeah. I go to Pride with her. And we meet up with my cousin, who's already out and celebrating, and he's already totally drunk. And we're chatting with him. And while we're talking... She just looks over at me and she goes, I had sex with you last night. And I just like, literally, 
I, looking back on that memory, my whole body fell apart in that moment. Like, I died in that moment. Wow. And I, again, am like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Your best friend just told you she lost her virginity to the guy she loves. Like, you should be excited for her. And you literally want to die. And I remember looking at my cousin, and he was so drunk. And I was, like, mad at him because I, like, needed him to be coherent. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, do you see what I'm going through? But, he, he you know, and I... But she didn't understand. Nobody understood. Nobody understood. I didn't understand. And I just remember being like, what is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? Like, yeah. it was the, it's the weirdest. That's like when you know you're gay as fuck. Yeah. When you want to, like, beat up the guy that your best friend is sleeping with. Yeah. yeah. Like, this kind it's of protectiveness. Yeah. Right? It's, yeah. It's palpable. And so, um, and the crazy thing about that is, is that, like, we had so much drama that summer, right? I went off to Cambodia and then I came home and I started dating and I started hanging out with him all the time and she started getting super mad at me. So there's this little voice in my head that's like, she felt the same, but I don't know. Because she shut down our friendship after I started dating him. Mm. And that hurt. I'm like, what, you can have a boyfriend, but I can't? Like, yeah. Anyways, so I move, I move off to college, and I've still got this really cute guy at home that I really loved, and um, I mean, he was just charming. Like, he just, yeah. you meet, I'm going to bleep all of these names out, this is so weird, but like, oh, he was just the most charming man, and he was a skier, and we had all the same oh, taste yeah. in music, and he, we just were had so couple. much fun. Yeah, good couple. we were a great couple. We had so much fun together. Um, I obvi- We obviously grew apart incredibly. But flash forward back to my freshman year, my Women's and Gender Studies 101, talking to this girl who's telling me what pansexual is, and I'm realizing for the first time that I'm in a society of people who are going to allow me the space to explore. Yeah. That if I say, oh, actually, I had a crush on this girl in middle school, no one's going to be disgusted by me. Yeah, you're in an environment that allows that, which is awesome. And I literally was... Isn't that so crazy how you get gravitated towards these places? Yeah. Based on your energies. Mm-hmm. Like, I fully believe you're mm-hmm. supposed to go there and oh, meant yeah. to go there. And I started having so many awakenings, you know? Again, you guys, I left conservative Salt Lake City, Skyline High School. Yeah. Like, 99% blue-eyed, blonde-haired, Aryan, LDS. Like, very, like, nobody in our high school was having sex. No. And if you heard about it. It was, like, only, like, the bad kids or, like, they had been together for a long time and you're, like, ooh. Yeah. Those those people were not spoken well about, Mm -hmm. which is crazy to me to look back. Like, we were in high school and we were shaming people for having sex. Yeah. Just crazy to me, but... Everywhere else it's not shamed like that. (laughs) And so here's the part where things started getting really hard for me is that that girl, I was having dreams about her almost consistently through my freshman year, that pansexual girl in that class. Wow. Just dreams that we were having sex, dreams that we were meeting at parties, dreams that we were hanging out, all the all the fucking time. And it was like my subconscious, and I started feeling awful because I felt like I was cheating on my boyfriend. Interesting. In my mind. Yeah. And I felt terrible about it. And I really, really looking back wish that I would have been like, yeah, so I think I need to explore what's going on here. We're going to need to break things off, you know. But instead, like, I grasped on even tighter. And I think that there was so much shame in the way we were raised around, like, sexuality and, like, hedonism and, like, 
I looked at all these people who were having sex like they were just like out of control and wild and like yeah fooling around with their emotions and that's because it's looked down upon in Utah so that I think that carried with me too like I didn't want to be looked at that way because I knew Mm -hmm. others were yeah yeah and I judged oh my god so then so then also freshman year I met the first girl that I would fully completely fall head over heels in love with and end up like she ended up being my first and that was freshman year her name was (laughs) so weird I remember her name I remember her now yeah yeah wait you hooked up with her Mm -hmm. so freshman year but you were dating Michael yeah yeah okay so we'll, we'll get to that part okay so freshman year I was obviously in the same dorms as her but like she became one of my very best friends very quickly. Yeah, I remember that. And then she would be like, "Oh yeah, I slept with that guy last night." And I would. Were be you like, so nervous to hook up with her? Like, can we can we talk about that? Like <laughs> your first time. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. Let's fast forward to that because really after this, it's like another year comes, another year comes. I start getting really sick, right? Like I start getting really depressed. I I have this eating disorder. I'm like I start spiraling downwards, and honestly. A lot of those things I'm telling you about are the reasons why I started spiraling downward so quickly. It was because you were suppressing. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. You believe that the there eating disorder was a reaction was but a, one of the major factors mm-hmm. was a reaction. Oh yeah. To you being gay. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Yeah. I think that I made some like delusional stories up that if I like stay thin and pretty and attractive, like. I'll be able to stay in control. It's all about control, right? It's almost, I, I don't know if this is a good comparison, but I think of Bruce Jenner. Like, when you're suppressing mm-hmm. something for so long, yeah. then you completely do the opposite, like become an Olympian, or you mm-hmm. wanted to become, like, mm-hmm. pretty and feminine mm-hmm. and, like, yeah, as skinny as possible, perfectionist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this is actually why you see that queer cliche that we're all so successful. Yeah. It's because we, like, we have to put our energy into something. And for me, like, my addiction was killing me. That was, like, the only way I could cope. And that was just some crazy psychological experience that I was having. Um, but care of me through all of that. Got it. And this was how many years? Like, you, you met her freshman year, but when did kind of the issues start happening? Sophomore year. Okay. Like, mid-sophomore year was when I was when, like, I was at my lowest. And when she was, like coming over to like check in on me a lot and take care of me she would walk me to my therapy classes like she was just really there for me and sometimes on the weekends she had this little cabin in the mountains where her parents lived and we would go there and yeah. just like get away and it was like the most would you like incredible at that time no okay we so were that, just friends. that was like a one-time thing so so this is our friendship building and got it so eventually I move home, right? Yeah. I go home. And I'm like very unwell. And she's still the only girl you've done anything with. I, ha- I haven't done anything point. with her yet. Sorry. Okay. I'm still totally faithful. That I was never, a fast forward. Okay. I never cheated on people. I want everyone to know that. Okay. I was always faithful. And I moved home. And um, because I was just so sick, I, I transferred home and... Um, and was just trying to get my shit together. And I remember we like went and had, we went and got drinks at like ex wives or something, you and I. And I like told you how I was like just going through it. Yeah. And it was like so hard. And that was, 
honestly, like telling people that I was sick, that I had an eating disorder was actually the first step to helping me come out because I was living in just so many secrets. How interesting. That it was like, let's get the first layer off. I don't eat anymore and I'm trying to figure out how to eat again. Yeah. And then, like, let's rip the next layer off. I stopped eating because I'm so ashamed of my own sexuality and I don't know what to do with it. Like, then we can rip that layer. You know what I mean? Wow. And so, really, like, my healing journey was so much about ripping off all of these layers. So, I start, I come home, and I are living together, doing our thing. And then. Or we can do initials now. If we've said the name before. Sure, yeah. Maybe okay. we, can, we can start using... Yeah, good idea. I don't even remember, like, how this ended up happening. I think first he asked me if I was interested in an open relationship because he started, like, having eyes for other girls. And was this because you were doing long distance or you were already we were living home together. at this point? Mm-hmm. Okay. I was home. We were living together. I was still not well, though. Like, I was still very And therefore, when you're not well yourself, you probably weren't Mm -hmm. giving your relationship its all. So Mm -hmm. that's why he maybe suggested this. Yeah. And, God, it's like I'm trying to remember the timeline. But uh, so we we opened our relationship. And I can't remember exactly when this coincided with me going to the Buddhist temple. But it was probably all around the same timeline. But about six months into practicing Buddhism, and this is a story I've told a hundred times. This is like the coming out story you'll hear on every podcast. I was sitting in practice for two hours, and um, C was getting ready to go study abroad. Not study abroad. She got a job after college in Italy Mm -hmm. um, because she spoke three languages, and she was a genius. Amazing. And she was going to bring her boyfriend with her, and I did not like this new boyfriend of hers. She had a new boyfriend. I didn't like him. And you didn't, like, he didn't have great character? Or you think you were jealous of him? I was totally just jealous of him. Okay. And so I'm sitting at the temple, and I'm so, and I'm meditating, and we're in our practices, and I'm so sad that she's leaving to Italy and taking him with her. We still talked about Because you were back in Utah at this point. Mm-hmm. So Janie was in Oregon for two years and then came back to finish school in Utah. Yes. And she and I were still obviously texting all day, every day, still connecting all the time. Yeah. And I was really sad that she was going to be leaving the country because she'd be so far away and that she was taking him with her. And and um, I'm sitting in meditation just like trying to get these thoughts out of my head. Like, why am I so mad about this? Why is this bothering me so much? I sh- again, I should be excited for her. Yeah. And finally, like, it was like my body lifted out of my body and turned to face me like I'm facing you now. And it was like, you're in love with her. That's why you're mad. Because you wish you were going to Italy with her, not him. But it's so crazy how this is in your subconscious and, like, what it has to take to come to that conscious part of your mind. Three years of knowing her. That's how long it took to realize, like, to, to face it, to own it. Right? Yeah. And I wanted to run out of that temple, but I had to stay. I had to keep practicing. I was a robe-wearing member. Like, I was committed. And that night I went home, and M could tell something was up, you know? And he just was like, what's going on? And I just told him. I was like, I think I'm in love with her. Wow. And she's leaving, and I'm really sad about it. How far, how soon after the open relationship conversation did this 
event happened? That's what I can't remember. I feel like the events had to have been within the same couple of months. Because okay. I feel like all, all of I this needed. happened. Yeah. It was like, I started going to the Buddhist temple. I took a medical leave from school. We opened our relationship. It was like, it felt like all of these things started happening all around the same The same couple time. months. Yeah. Like junior or senior year of college? Junior junior year. So you would you were only you were less than a year from being back from Oregon. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I told him that. And he was like, I kinda knew. Like he just smiled. Like he was so kind about it in that moment. Yeah. He was like, I always kind of felt that way. Like I see how much you love her. I see how much you care about her. Wow. And like he thought she was hot and he knew she was bi and he knew that I was struggling with my sexuality and he was comfortable with it. Right? He was like C and I um, just were texting all the fucking time, you know, just yeah, basically having a relationship also. Interesting how that, like, how you fall into that with people, like emotional relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. That's, that's what was going on there. And I was thinking about her all the time, non-fucking-stop. Gosh, this feels like the most scandalous episode I've ever recorded. It's fun. Okay, so... We love it. So, eventually, this is... Oh, my gosh. So, here's here's when it happened. I booked a trip out to Oregon to see all my friends graduate. And I had every intention of going out there and telling her that I was in love with her. Wow. And Michael knew that I was going to do it. First girl. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I was so fucking scared. He knew as in you were... He knew I was going to do it. Like, you had had the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got it. Mm-hmm. That's really great that he was really supportive. You know, I mean, I know there's... He was. I know there's... He was. It's messy. We'll, we'll get you're to the point where he stopped being supportive. Yeah. Because <laughs> eventually he did, right? But you're in an open relationship, and even... When was this? Five, six years ago? Mm-hmm. Or seven years ago? Mm-hmm. Even back then, mm-hmm. it Things was still different. kind of taboo. Yeah. And, I mean, people were accepting, but, like, for a partner, a straight partner, Mm -hmm. to be supportive of you in this journey, Mm -hmm. in an open situation, that's that's helpful. Especially a conservative guy like him. Yep. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, that was that trip. And, mind you, like, at this point, my mental health was probably at its worst. Got it. Um, Which I think makes perfect sense, reflecting on it. And I went out there, like, with this full intention of, like, and I felt like she knew it, too. I felt like she knew that it was coming. Yeah. I really did. Ooh, okay, well, we made it to the other end of that. Sorry to just cut it off right in the middle of the story like that, but... It's just about to get good, (laughs) and sadly, I'm going to have to just make you wait until next week to get the rest of the story, so thank you for just holding space for me to just, you know, divulge and share all of this with you, and like I said, I forgot that I was making an episode, and I was just talking with my friend, and I know that I mentioned probably a couple times during this conversation that I am exiting a relationship right now, and um, I'm definitely not here to skirt around that subject, Um, 
or to not face it head on. It's it's true. It's definitely true. I am um, in the process of exiting the relationship that I have been in for the past four years. Um, but it's not something that I really need to talk about right now. So someday I will share more with you guys. But for everyone who's just been sending all of their love and support and just being amazing i just wanted you all to know how much i love it and appreciate it and um for all of you who have enjoyed listening to my story um that i've really never told and just allowing me to kind of validate that like i did go through that that is what happened that's the story um thank you for holding space for me thank you for being the masculine container so that my feminine could flow and be seen and heard and loved (laughs) Okay, I'm going to see you on Friday night at my workshop, Divine. I can't wait to see you there. I love you so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful rest of your day. And remember, you are so, 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 so loved.